Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we were just drinking. We were, Well, we have to say first that we are here at Worldcon 2019. That's where I was going to go with that. Dublin. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm currently drinking. Oh yeah, that's right. You still have yours. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, there, you, can't, uh, you can't walk too far in, in Ireland without finding a bar. Yeah. It's good. I like that. Uh, well, we learned yesterday, Tom and I went to uh, on a bus tour to the Cliffs of Moher uh, yesterday, and we had a lovely tour guide uh, named Neil, who told us that there's a difference between taverns and pubs, and he didn't know what the difference was, and he's from here. Do you know the difference? Yeah. What? The, the, the taverns, taverns are allowed to open 7.30 in the morning for the dock workers. Oh, oh. taverns are allowed to open at 7.30 a.m. Public houses cannot. Oh, okay, so right. so for the listening viewers out there, taverns are allowed to open at 7.30 a.m. for the dock workers, and pubs are not. Well, uh, I, have, I still have so many questions, but that is a good differentiation, so thank you. Yeah, uh, Dublin, Ireland has been amazing so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic, and uh, we are shocked to see all of you here, uh, given so much that is going on at Worldcon that you could be doing. So we're very flattered and, and pleased yes, that thank you, you. you chose to spend your time with us today. Very I, much. I was hoping you wouldn't remind them that George R. R. Martin is also speaking <laughs> right now in the and conference Merle center. Oh, they're and, leaving. There they go. No, yeah. uh, I shouldn't have said anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes. So we we are having a great time. Um, I did a whole Game of Thrones tour. You're going on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did get a chance to meet the dire wolves. I don't know if you heard me talk about yeah. that on a previous episode. It was unbelievable. I could have spent all day there. Uh, Thor and Odin, who played um, uh, Lady and Summer, uh, were both there, and they were so sweet. They were just like big puppies. Go ahead. How large were they? How large were they? They were enormous. So they like, were almost as large. Yeah, so they were um, they were a certain breed of dog. Um, they are part wolf, mm. um, but not not a huge percentage, but mm-hmm. more so than your average dog. Um, but yeah, they're they're enormous, and their paws are just like saucers. They're just unbelievably huge. And what I found super interesting is that they actually have uh, two dew claws. Um, so dogs have a little extra thumb that's usually up here. Not all dogs have it, but they have two. So you can splay them apart. And I was like, so they actually have like six claws on their feet, on their paws. And it was really cute. And I, I, uh, they're the six fingered dog. Yeah, <laughs> that is, we also were at the cliffs of insanity. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we were at the cliffs of more. Um, so yeah, it, it's been a really great trip so far. I spent some time in Belfast. We went to Galway. Um, and now we're enjoying Dublin. It's been great. And what the con, of course. And uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking an uh, angry orchard. No, it's right there. It's that. Orchard Thieves yeah. cider. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's good. It's written it's on, working. The, on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. It's working. They're good with that here, I've noticed. <laughs> they are. You get turned to a Murphy's in a Murphy's glass, a Guinness in a Guinness glass, an Orchard Thieves cider in an Orchard mm-hmm. Thieves cider glass. Yeah. All right. Well, should we, we, should we do the rest of the show? Yes, we should. Let's jump into the quick burns. 
Dara says The Magicians is actually starting over and becoming a comic book series. Uh, the five-issue miniseries will focus on a new class at Break Bills. Uh, it will be written by Lev Grossman, Lila Sturgis, and Pius Bach. And the first issue will be available November 6th digitally and in stores. Sort of in the abstract, uh, as a fan of The Magicians and Lev Grossman, I would be excited but nervous for that if they hadn't done such a good job with the television show. I'm like, great, yeah, no, let's do it again. See what else you can come up mm. with that's new and different and cool. Yeah. Has anyone here read the books, watched the show? Read yeah. Two books, watch, all, watch, all the show. watch the whole show, read yeah. two books, a lot of people. Was yeah. the gen- our fingers. Uh-huh. We did our weird <laughs> finger things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nervous about a comic book or excited about a comic book? Yeah, I haven't All processed right. it yet. All right. <laughs> still, that's, a, that's a fair answer. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be excited for that because I think it's it depends. If it's a new class, I would like to meet other students at Break Bills. I mean, I think that yeah, opens yeah. it up to so many more possibilities and new stories. Yeah, more of a world. I like that idea. Yeah, and plus we kind of know these characters already, so that, that part is nice. I put a privacy screen on my laptop, and Tom can't see my screen. So Unless, that's why you see him. That's why I'm so awkwardly turning her entire laptop it's around. It's working very well. Uh, Dara also pointed out that Barack Obama revealed the book he's been reading this summer, which I guess is the thing that he does. Uh, there's a nice variety of genres, including uh, science fiction. He recommends Exhalation, stories by Ted Chiang. Obama says, Exhalation by Ted Chiang is a collection of short stories that will make you think, grapple with big questions, and feel more human. The mm. best kind of science fiction. Uh, he's got the full list on his Facebook page, if you want to check that out. But that is, that's a definitely an accurate description of the Ted Chiang stories, for sure. Yeah, I, I like that he actually notices that, about how humanizing science fiction can be, because that's really, to me, like what the heart of science fiction is, is exploring human experience through new experiences, like different kinds of ways of relating to our deeper selves. Yeah. Like, like through trauma or yeah, aliens yeah. or... And I know. think that's why Ted Chiang's uh, story uh, for that was the basis for Arrival translated so well. Story of... Your story of my life. My li- yourself and other. Yourself, myself. Yeah. The story of one. yourself and others. I love that one. Sto- say it again. Story of your life and others. Yeah. Oh, that's the title of the larger book and the mm-hmm. short story, Story of Your Life. That's right. Thank you. Story of my life. Yep. <laughs> story of my life, not remembering things. Go figure. All right. Uh, Mark says the Supreme Sword has begun marshalling her forces. <laughs> you were talking about this already. Yeah. No word on what the Supreme Laser is up to. Uh, so he is, of course, talking about my, my direwolf pack that I'm building to yes. take over. I am taking a Game of Thrones bus tour on Sunday, mm-hmm. but there are no direwolves involved, which as soon as my wife saw the picture of Veronica cuddling with direwolves, she was like, how do I cancel ours and get hers? <laughs> Uh, but I don't know if she's done that yet, so we'll see. Yeah, they were, like I said, they were they were fantastic to meet. Um, they are shedders. Oh, boy. They, you could make a whole separate direwolf out of the amount of fur I had on my jeans after meeting those dogs. That sounds like some kind of White Walker magic sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The fur wolf. It's just made of shed fur. And you're just like, ah, ah, ah. Like it gets on your tongue. Okay. <laughs> you that was sneeze. more of a visual joke that podcast listeners aren't going to. Uh, you can imagine it. Yeah, though. you can get onto that. Okay, there we go. Can you see? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to just let you take that one. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla, you scroll the other way with your laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
with a link from Mark, so it's a dual effort. Uh, the multi-award-winning author of The Left Hand of Darkness is now the subject of PBS's American Masters documentary series, Worlds of Ursula K. Le Guin, exploring the life and literature of the influential feminist author whose groundbreaking novels and stories brought science fiction and fantasy fiction mainstream recognition. Uh, so yeah, that's on PBS in the U.S., but uh, definitely feeling that U.S. bias that people complain about right now since we're in Ireland, and I'm like, I don't know how I'd watch this over here. Mm. Swedish TV. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you watch, would you be able to watch that uh, in the UK or, uh, no, or in Ireland? Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> Go yeah. ahead. Oh, and I'm just going to note that the business meeting this morning extended its eligibility, so it will be eligible to be nominated. Oh, the documentary oh. will be eligible for, do- for nomination for next year's Hugo's. That's great. That's great news. Thank you. Oh, that's fantastic. Breaking news. Well done. We don't, <laughs> we don't talk about the Hugo's on this podcast. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that. That's yeah, going to yeah. be really cool. No, I'm, I, I, I'm looking forward to that myself. Uh, any Gail Carriger fans in the audience? Yeah, got a couple, all right. Several, yeah. uh, well, Gary Carriker's Reticence is out. This is the fourth and final book in the Custard Protocol series, uh, the second generation following the five books of the Parasol Protectorate, which were one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, more Gail Carriger is a good thing for the world. Always good, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think she announced that on Twitter, and it's up on Goodreads now, so if you're a fan of that series and of Gail, definitely check those out. Uh, Green Ronin will be publishing a fifth season RPG. Uh, N.K. Jemison will be working alongside them to bring the game to life. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't play a lot of RPGs, though. Yeah, we were just talking about RPGs uh, with you before. I say you. There's someone in the audience that we were discussing with, and I'm looking at her, so it's not as weird <laughs> as it sounds on audio. You're making uh, it worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm, I'm excited that Nora's going to be collaborating with on the storylines. I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, I feel like that's becoming more and more common. Like, we're seeing games based around books, or we're seeing RPGs, and I think, like, The Expanse, for example, that was one that was announced recently. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and which one? No, that was also Green Ronin. Oh, that was oh, also was. Green Ronin. Okay, so that's they're making a push to to get some of these stories together, which I think is great. Um, but I, I just I don't even know who I would play with because you're not around. I'm you're in, in LA. City. We could play over Skype. Could we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> it's hard when your friends live far away. Or hang out. Yeah. Or hang, or Google Hangout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, or we could hang out. I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, Google Hangout. Like, oh, okay. You just have to move. That's fine. It'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, more about authors who are here at Worldcon. Mark says there was a tweet from Mary Robinette Kowal about the Relentless Moon, the third lady astronaut novel, which I'm very excited about. That's coming out soon. She just finished writing it. I'm seeing a lot of happy faces in the audience. I know. we. I loved that book. I thought it was amazing. Or, you know, I didn't read the second book yet. I haven't had a chance to. Um, but it's definitely oh, on my list. Yeah, I you tore did. right through it. You yeah, loved it. So good. And yeah. and the short story. Uh, I did read the is, short story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited that she's she's done with that and can't wait for it to get all cleaned up and published and in my hands. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our quick burns. Yeah. Um, should we jump into the book discussion? Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about The Poppy War. Like I said, non-spoilery, uh, but that's our pick for the month. Is, is anyone actually reading The Poppy War right now in the audience? Okay, we've got a good number of people. 
And someone okay. who's finished it. I was gonna, that was going to be my next question. Also, Which of you have fin- finished it. Okay, so we have several who have finished it. So try not to spoil it for anyone else. Uh, I also have finished it. Veronica has not. I'm about 90% done. You're close. If yeah. I had pushed through, if I had not taken the Ambien last night, I could have finished it. <laughs> but I did. You were fighting the jet lag. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I've been loving it so far. I, I will definitely try to keep this spoiler free because I think if you haven't read it, it's definitely worth picking up. Um, I, I'm just so blown away by the fact that she was 19 when she wrote this book. Did you guys know that? It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Like it's so, it's, it's in line with like any epic fantasy I've read in a long time in terms of the character development and, mm-hmm. and the description of the events happening. Um, and it is rooted somewhat in history, but there's still a lot of fantastical elements of the story that I think are, at least for Western readers, very unique. Yeah, I think one of the reasons I love it so much, I, it is well written and a great story. And I think anyone coming to it cold would would enjoy it. Uh, but there's two things particularly that that set me up to enjoy it even more. Uh, Hardcore History is a podcast so good. Uh, that just takes like hours uh, at a time to discuss historical events. And one of Dan Carlin, who hosts its most recent uh, episodes, was about the Sino-Japanese Wars, which is one of the bases in history that the Poppy War draws on. So I had just listened to that uh, and had and was get, getting a lot of the illusions that she was making uh, to those events because that was fresh in my mind. And another one of her in- influences is Wuxia. Uh, is anybody here familiar? Uh, a few? Okay. Uh, wuxia is a, is a genre of, of Chinese uh, film and TV that that is martial arts based uh, and and sort of often uh, refers to the the heavenly gods and 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 the uh, I can't think of the word right now, but the, the don't, don't the, look at me. I don't know. You know, channeling your energy <laughs> oh, okay. and, and that, that sort of thing, and that, that and she uses that uh, a lot of influence from that in her she... magical system. No, well, I wasn't this, sure. This, uh, yeah, yeah, so I didn't want to say, sure but, um, but yeah, so uh, my wife uh, is a huge fan of Chinese and Korean dramas, so we've been watching a lot of wuxia series, uh, so I have that sort of fresh in my mind too, and that just gave me extra appreciation of the Poppy War because of the way she's able to weave these actual historical events into a narrative that's not set in our world with imaginary countries, uh, that none of them are direct representations mm-hmm. of our country. So you can't go, well, that's obviously China and that's Vietnam. Like it's, it's more complex than that, but she's able to weave those, those real issues, uh, of, of Chinese and Japanese history, particularly into this fantasy world and then add these elements of, of wuxia and martial arts movies. And, uh, it's, it's great. The magic system for me is particularly interesting, especially the fact that it's like you have to take psychedelics in order for it to really work. <laughs> like, has anyone read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind? So it's brilliant. It's a modern take on the use of psychedelics and how they can be used medicinally or for PTSD or for, for other like medical purposes. And it's super interesting. Um, but yeah, it is like this magic system rooted strongly in needing to enter that mind space to be able to converse with the gods and be able yeah, to, yeah. to pull them down, use their energy um, for, for your own power. There's a little bit of a, and, and several authors have done this where, you know, uh, communing with the gods is not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 
you know, Lovecraft has elements of that, but there's also uh, Greek and Roman mythology. Patrick I mean, Rothfuss you uses to, that. You always have to be careful about who you're talking yeah, to and how yeah. you're using the gifts they give you. Right? And that that's that sort of element of it is 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 horrifying, mm -hmm. uh, but but in a good in a good plot way of horrifying of like, and and a little bit of a, I suppose an analog for for modern warfare of like we have the you know ability to destroy ourselves if we're not careful, and that that is a an element of the poppy war as well. Yeah. Um, I've been really enjoying it. It is, it is violent. I mean, it is a wartime novel for sure, but I, 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 it, I, for me at least it wasn't as bad as I think some people made it out to be definitely triggering in some aspects, but I think mm -hmm. no worse than, uh, for example, people in the forum said than a Joe Abercrombie novel, um, or many of what we've read in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I think they're worse. Yeah. They are probably yeah, I, I worse. I, I, personally, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, audience member said they're worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, anybody who's reading the Poppy War uh, have any non-spoilery thoughts that they want to share? We've yeah, got some, we some extra mics. We should have a microphone in case. Come up and if you don't mind, because we want to get you on the recording. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I'll just give him my microphone or yours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things that. You're good. Yeah, yeah, that's you're perfect. Good. Uh, one of the things that kind of not confused me but puzzled me while reading it was uh, sh it the mix of, as you say, Russia and modern politics. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't quite sure what what period equivalent analog period of history mm -hmm. was she was setting in it. So it's worth mentioning that I she was at the panel I was at earlier today uh, about uh, musical literary soundtracks, and uh, I asked her about that, and she said that, well, it is indeed based on the Song Dynasty 13th century, uh, but with modern politics. So, yeah, it was nice to have that cleared up. Oh, yeah, it's nice to have that cleared up for me, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was so, what was what was the time period again? Song Dynasty. Song Dynasty, okay. 13th century. 13th century, okay. Yeah, because I was looking up. All right, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, and and uh, there's there's quite a bit of uh, the Wuxia TV series that, that deal with that same period, so that makes mm -hmm. sense to me too. Any and other it, comments? She she also described um, described her book as the last Avatar with drugs. <laughs> she the last Avatar the with drugs. The last Avatar with drugs. All right, good. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, because the gods are well. I mean, the the last Avatar Airbender series, like very elemental, mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of elemental magic in this, but very much based on the specific god that you're talking to. I think there's 36 gods in the pantheon that they're working with in this story, um, not counting the gods of other cultures, which they also mm -hmm. that 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 I found a little bit interesting too about how every culture has their own gods and they represent the power in that world. But it's all, is it all coming from the same place? Like, how, how do those interconnect? Are they just specific to that own culture or religion? Right. What do you think? Yeah, or are they, or, or are they at the back end representations of the same powers just yeah, in different that's what ways? I'm yeah, 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 I agree. Any other thoughts on Poppy War? Yeah. Uh, this is a question, a little bit of a question to you guys and maybe everybody else. Uh, I had a little trouble understanding what she, what the main character looked like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know that she's dark, mm -hmm. darker, mm -hmm. but and uh, they talk about okay. I won't talk about where she's supposed to come from because right. she's an orphan. But I was still a little bit uncertain on mm -hmm. what she looked like. 
Yeah, my assumption, and I could be totally wrong, um, in many Asian cultures, like lighter skin is usually a sign of like higher value or higher status in society, while darker tends to be like, oh, you're a farmer because you're out in the fields and you're a laborer. And that's true of many cultures. Um, so I, I just assumed that she was just a, a, yeah, just had darker skin, you know. Is she eight, still Asian looking? Yeah, that's, that's what I, I believe so, yeah. yes, mm. yeah. Yeah, and then because the um, the, the Spearleys are supposed to be probably in the, they're further south. I think they're more southeast, if I remember the map correctly. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of just what I was picturing in my mind, but who knows, that doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, that's my own interpretation. It's one of those funny things uh, when, uh, and this is the problem with me as a writer too, is I, I don't worry about what people look like that much in my reading. So I didn't even notice that till you pointed it out, uh, that we don't get a, a, a deep description of her. That's interesting. Yeah. Any other questions or comments? Go ahead. Yeah. Come on up. You can. You can. Oh, and I say. forgot. Everyone should say their names. What was your name in the back first? Frederick. Frederick. Frederick was first. Anna. 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 Okay, great. Shestin. Shestin. <laughs> yes. Uh, I haven't read the book, but uh, I just looked at the description. I was the one that read the wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which book did you read? Vessel. Oh no, it's not the wrong book. I mean, we did read Vessel. Yes. We could talk about that I too if you want. This was. No, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, uh, I was wondering how much military description are they? Because I have kind of hard time with military books. By military, do you mean uh, like military action or military strategy? Strategy. Mm. Mm -hmm. Talk about military. Uh, what do you say? More like about the facts. About tactical. Military? Yes. Yeah. That's. I have a problem with that. It's not my favorite. Uh, not much, I would say. So the question, in case the uh, Mike didn't pick it up, is how much military uh, tactics and strategy are talked about in the book. And honestly, there's a lot of military discussion for sure. Um, but I would not say there's an overabundance of tactical discussion. Um, it's a lot about like power struggles and decisions and... And but not a lot of sitting around yeah. talking about what they're going to do. There's a lot of you need to train to do this and this and that, but not yeah. a lot of deep description of what this, this and that is. Yeah. Um, and they, they typically like they'll say, OK, we're going out on this mission, but they don't spend a lot of time yeah, talking yeah. about what the mission is going to be. But there is some some I think it's light enough that it won't bog you down. Uh, but there there is some sort of like if a uh, commander wants to achieve this goal, what should they do? And she has an answer and it's a controversial answer, that kind of that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I think this would be a. See how you feel. The first half yeah. of the book is much different from the second half of the book also. I wouldn't characterize yeah. it as military fiction in any way, though. No? Yeah. <laughs> like if you if you talk about like a Mike Cole or something where they really yeah. get deep into the like explaining the battles and where everybody's going to go, they don't they don't do any of that kind of thing. Yeah. Sounds like she'll be going much further in that direction. In the Dragon Republic, yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe more of that direction right. in future books. Huh. I have the second book. I haven't started reading it yet. Um but I, I, I'm excited to see where, where Rin's story takes us mm -hmm. uh, moving forward. Yeah, you can get the, I saw it downstairs too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any other comments or questions? Yes, yeah, we have on another up. one. And you, you mentioned the Spearleys, mm -hmm. and I believe, or at least I was picking up some hints, that they might be roughly analogs of the indigenous people of Formosa. Oh, okay. um, you know, again, it, it's an island off the coast and sort of to the south, mm -hmm. and there is this sort of tension between the native people there and 
the other people that are mm-hmm. interacting there. So I, I don't know for sure if that's what she was going for, but it seems like that might be the historical analog yeah, there. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, there's certainly there's certainly analogs of that, and uh, uh, there's some Filipino analogs in there too, mm-hmm. with uh, with with interactions with the other countries. And yeah, I think she's Prejudice, she's yeah. she's pulling, like you say, from from various sources, and that's one of them for and sure. That's the thing about fiction; you have the ability yeah, to do yeah. that. It's a good blend. Of, yeah, make it make it work for the story you're trying to tell. It really made me hungry for Fonda Lee. Mm-hmm. after I finished the Poppy War because the Dragon Republic hadn't come out yet and I immediately went into Jade War uh, to read that because there's there's so many similarities there. So And it, it, that and Jade War has helped me fill the gap until Dragon Republic came out and now I can go back and, and get more R of Clang. It was good timing on our part. Yeah. yeah, all excellent books. Uh, any other final comments about Poppy War? No? Well, do you want to ask any questions about Sword and Laser or talk about what books you're reading, too, or any general comments? I think we could do that. I just finished reading um, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, um, and I loved it. It was so good. Um, I'm a huge Naomi Novik fan uh, from the Temeraire days, and so it's been a lot of fun to, to read new works by her. Uh, but, yeah, if anyone has any suggestions or things that they're really getting excited about, like we, we our audience loves to get suggestions for books to add to their to-be-read list. Yeah, anybody that's unfamiliar with Sword and Laser, which I know is only a few of you in here, uh, interestingly enough, but uh, you know, one of one of our main purposes is to explore uh, exposing books that. Uh, we wouldn't read otherwise to each other. So uh, Veronica when, and I, when we started this podcast, we started it because she was into fantasy and I was more into science fiction. And so we were trading recommendations. And so the podcast over the years purposefully has been uh, trying to expose us to th- to things in the genres uh, that maybe we wouldn't have come across otherwise. So it's always great to hear recommendations from some other people to help us build our reading list. If you'd like to share, please come on up. Come on up, Dave. Yeah, come back up. Welcome back again. There you go. Yeah, um, the book I just read on the plane over to Ireland is uh, Anne Lucky's latest, The Raven Tower. It would be a really good sword recommendation. I mean, I I loved it, and I got to the final chapter. Without spoilers, I'll just say there's sort of some massive twists at the end there. Okay, good. Nice. uh, You definitely want to read to the end to fully appreciate what was going on. And, and then just technically, a lot of the book is a mixture of first person and second person. It's being told by one character to another character. And exactly how that works out and who this first character is, who becomes a very significant character. Um, and a very well worked out magic system, um, and which has a lot of interesting implications and uh, uh, yeah. what, re- a lot of really go good for stuff. It. Just go for it. Yeah, okay. just go for it. That's, <laughs> that's cool seeing Anne Leckie doing fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, um, so Ra- that was, what was Ra- the name of that one again? Raven Tower. The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. Excellent. Anyone what else? else? Got? Question, comment, book recommendation, whatever you want. Don't be shy. Come I can on up. I see you're thinking about I'm not, it. I know you're thinking about it. I can see you're thinking. No? Yeah, just okay. come on up. <laughs> we, we promise. Go ahead, yeah, I have a book recommendation. Okay, yeah, good. Here we go. The Planetfall series by Emma Newman. Oh. Yep. Uh, it's uh, four books, um, separate protagonists in each book. All of mm-hmm. them are deeply psychologically traumatized by ver- by various um, from various re- by, for various reasons, and it's a dystopic, futuristic. Um, some parts some parts space exploration, some part cyberpunk. Um, all the books take place in different environments. 
Mm. Very cool. Or more yeah. around the, well, more or less near Earth. <laughs> oh, nice. fantastic. Yeah, I've had Emma Newman on my list of to be investigated, so that's really good to hear okay, a little more about it. Yeah, you can second that. We got a second. Okay, All right. good, good. Oh, third, third it, third it. Motion is carried. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hit the mics like that. If you want an audio, no, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, thank, fine. thank you for carrying all this stuff from California. I appreciate it. <laughs> I see you, Tom. I see you. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, come on up. It's Anna again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the murder bot theory. Yes, that is great. Uh, it was the second book that's nominated, I think. Yes. So I went second in. One. So if you like, uh, basically, it's kind of slightly ironic comic uh, science fiction with a sentient uh, android that calls itself murder bot because it's it's become sentient it's basically if you think your typical sent, sentinel robot that after an accident becomes sentient and self-aware and it's very yeah you know typical. very careful not to show it but it has this it's it's basically your inside its head and what it thinks about humans and it's really good so the Murder Bot awesome. series by Martha Wells. Yes. Yeah, excellent, very good one. I, I read the short story and I absolutely loved it. Um, I haven't continued reading the series yet, but it's on my list. I'm I'm excited to to continue there. Any other final recommendations? Oh yeah, we yeah, go, great. Go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah my name is Titus, uh, and because I just saw him in the lobby, Adrian Chaikovsky's uh, Children of Time. He's here. Book. Oh, yeah. I just saw him in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica did fangirl face. Cool. Yeah, and it, uh, like his book was released, uh, I think in Australia a few years ago, but was released in the US last year. And I was really hoping that he was going to get a nomination this year and did not. But brilliant, brilliant book, an allusion to Bryn, and uh, really made me think of uh, Werner Vinge um, mm-hmm. and some of the, the concepts. So nice. Rick, say the name of the, of the book title again because Veronica was fangirling over it. Yeah. Earlier. Children of Time. Children of Time. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Excellent. All From right. Austin, even. Yeah. <laughs> Any other ones? Go yeah, ahead. yeah, come on back. Yeah, just just come up if you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. We even have a chair for you to sit in and oh. wait while you're comfortable. People. Yeah. Hi, I'm waiting Phil. Chair. Um, Hi, Phil. I've just reread a book that I forgot how good it was, and it's Tim Powers' The Anubis Gates. Oh. And it's a, about some researchers who go back to London, um, and the guy that goes back has an accident that gets trapped there, and we discover sex and war, well, sex, S-E-C-T-S. Yeah. have already been discovered, probably. It's like they don't get, got it. Werewolves, crime gangs, London, you think, is a nutter, and there's a great twist at the end. Oh, fantastic. It's a really good book. So one more time, title? It's The Anubis Gates by Tim Powers. Anubis Gates by Tim Powers. Thank you so much, yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. Even if it doesn't have a lot of sex. Well, <laughs> that had already been discovered. That had already been discovered? That was yeah. already, we're good there. Perfect. <laughs> but then, then it got subdivided. Oh, okay. Right. All right, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I so much appreciate you all coming down here and finding this room, which I know was a bit of a haul from the conference center. So thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 
415-7-SWORD-6. How do I remember that? I know the phone number. I was trying to think of the country code. Oh. Oh, oh I didn't realize. Oh. Okay. Right. Plus one. Fair. Plus, it's thank US. you. It's US, it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.